0: Good morning. Yeah, we were joking about like how much can I say about Ecclesiastes one? Maybe I should just start in Ecclesiastes seven next week and just say it's one because it all seems like it's the same. <laughs> it's just he just got a guy who has who has everything complaining about everything till he gets to chapter twelve, then he finally realizes something, you know. So um, Solomon, like we said, you know. He wrote the book of Ecclesiastes. And what you see right in the beginning, you wonder, why is this guy so pessimistic? Like, what happened? If you read his story, right, he, he, he becomes king. His dad is King David, the, the poster child of intimacy with God, of understanding who God is and having a relationship with God. Then you got King Solomon, right? God gives him wisdom. He asks for it. He has this amazing encounter with God in First Chronicles. You, re- you read about it, and then God gives him wisdom, more wisdom than anybody ever in the world. He could figure out anything, do just about anything, create just about anything. He has the knowledge, people all over the world came to see this guy, yet something happens. And what we talked about last week, his pursuit and how he used his wisdom left him dry, left him empty. And he lost sight, like I said, if you see in the beginning here, he lost sight of his relationship with God, of this intimacy with God. And what's interesting in the book of Ecclesiastes that some scholars write, and why that in, 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 in connection with why would Solomon lose this intimacy with God? Because he, he in the word God, in the book of Ecclesiastes, it means Elohim. Now that's just powerful God. That, that means that God is almighty, all-powerful. Instead of meaning Jehovah, which the change of the name of God also denotes intimacy with him. See, his dad... King David, we all know, King David is a man after God's own heart. We read these stories. We see, we, you read the Psalms and you're like, okay, King David had a unique relationship with God. He saw God not just as all-powerful, mighty, but also intimate and close. And we see that Solomon has this distinction. He sees it differently. And that's important. Because the core idea for this morning is your perspective of God matters. Because if you think God is way out there all the time and he's, and maybe you circle to that kind of concept depending on your religious upbringing. That God is distant and he's, he's too busy for you and he's too powerful for you. Well then that's going to change your perspective on life. That's going to change so much about who you are because our perspective matters. Look what Solomon says in Ecclesiastes chapter 1 verse 2. Everything is meaningless, says the teacher. Completely meaningless. Now, uh, marriage counseling taught me one thing. Don't use absolutes. Right? Because uh, sometimes when my wife Stephanie would say, you know what, like, something with everything, like you always do this. And I look at her and I was like, always? Do, do I always, you know? And then when I say something like that, she's like, Marcia, do, you, do 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 I always say that, you know? We don't use absolutes. We shouldn't use absolutes. And yet this guy is saying everything is meaningless. Look at verse 14. I observed everything under the sun and really it's all meaningless. Really? Is it really all meaningless? Would you look at your children and say, meaningless? If you had 700 wives, could you really look at every one of them in the eye and say, this this relationship is meaningless? I mean, this guy had plenty of wives, plenty of children. Really meaningless? Obviously not. His perspective was skewed. See, and, and like this picture, he looked at it, and we could say, okay, this picture is some of you immediately went to half empty. Some of you went to half full. Immediately. That's just your, your bent. The reality is, here's what a relationship with God does when he's close to us. When we're close to God. When you have a, a perspective where God leads you. God will say, hey, Marcio, guess what? I give you joy. I give you peace. I give you things. And, and, and you are always going to be full. Reality of life. With God says, hey, but let's acknowledge the empty part. See, God is not not aloof, not distant. He's going to tell you, hey, this is hard. This season of your life is difficult. This season of your life is hard. But guess what? I'm still going to give you peace. I'm still going to give you joy. I'm going to still give you my presence. And then what he does is when you seem like life is completely empty, like when you feel life is empty, here's God saying, well, my intimacy... When you when you change your perspective, you realize that I will always, always fill you up. And at times, our perspective could change. I got to tell you, yester, um, a couple nights ago, I got invited by an f- old friend of mine and his wife to go eat at the Owlsworth Country Club. So they, yeah, yeah, it was really nice. They, 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 they told me that we could bring our kids and everything. So it was was quite an experience. So. At the table was only my son, Gabriel, who's eight years old, and the guy's wife. So we're talking. Stephanie's with the kids somewhere grabbing some food. Her husband got up to get some dessert. So it's just us two talking. Gabriel raises his hand to get my attention. My boy's eight years old. He's looking around. He looks at me and says, Dad. I'm like, yeah, son. When are you going to get a real job? That's what he says to me. When are you going to get a real job? I'm like, well, son, I'm a pastor. That's my job. That's what I do. Then he says, well, he looks around. How much money do you make? I'm like, it's enough, son. It's enough. See, even at a young age, perspective drives us. He knew that there was something different. And as we get older, perspective still drives us, gentlemen. It still could change your perspective. Your perspective of how you think of God will alter how you view your wife, how you view your children, how you view your marriage, how you view your relationship with your friends, how you view Iron Man of God, how you view your career. And God wants to promise us, hey... I'm a God that's going to overflow. It doesn't mean you're going to get more money, it doesn't mean your wife's going to get younger. <laughs> it just means in your soul, you know you'll have joy, you'll have peace, you'll act differently when situations are not favorable. that the power of God inside of you will look at a situation and make, and you will not say it's meaningless. But that you know that everything that happens, God turns out for good. That there is something that is enduring. you. It's creating endurance. It's creating perseverance. You know, like it says in James chapter 1. I got to say some things that Paul writes. In 2 Corinthians 6.10, Paul says this. Our hearts ache because of all the pain and suffering that he dealt with. With sharing the gospel in a known world. And we all understand, if you study the life of Paul, this man was Ivy League of Ivy League. Successful businessman. He was an entrepreneur everywhere he went. He was a self-starter. planted churches all over the world. Suffered tremendously for the cause of Christ. Lost friends. had But betrayed by friends. Was left for dead. Like, you could just study this guy's life. And yeah, here's what he says. But we always have joy. We are poor, but we give spiritual riches to others, because he was full, because he understood that God would not leave him high and dry. He understood, because when he wrote Romans 8, "The things of the spirit leads to life, the things of the flesh leads to death." We own nothing. And yet we have everything. That was something that was from a deep well of understanding. Of having a healthy perspective of who God is. Then he writes in Philippians 4. He says this in verse 11. Not not that I was ever in need. For I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation. Whether it is full. With a full stomach or empty. With plenty or little And guys, Tebow didn't write Philippians 4.13. It was uh, Paul. Um, For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. The whole difference between what we see, who Paul is and who David is. And guys, if you study the life of David, that was hard. We know his life. From the age of 17 till he became a king at 30, he was being chased by a guy who he thought was a father figure to him. The guy wanted to kill him. He had multiple hardships. He wasn't a perfect dad. He had to watch his son die. Choices that he made violated God's principles, killed thousands of people in this kingdom. I mean, this guy was not perfect by any means. And he had a lot of moments where he could have said, my life is empty, woe is me, everything is meaningless. But when you look at the Psalms, when you look at his intimacy with God, when you look at what he understood about his relationship with God and his, and his Lord, man, it changed everything. It's like Paul, who truly understands, yeah, things might be hard. But my perspective of God says that I can still have joy. My perspective of God says I can still have love. My perception of God says, my perspective of God says I can still love. I can still display joy. I can still display peace. So in close, I want to just say this, gentlemen. Allow Christ not only to change your perspective, but to be your perspective. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much that you love us. Thank you that you're good to us. Thank you that you care about us. Thank you that when we keep our eyes on you, when you become our perspective, things change. And it's not externally, but it's, it's our heart and our mind and our actions that will reflect your power and your glory when we realize that you're always with us. Amen.